Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Monday and tonight was WWE Raw day one on the USA Network. I'm going to say this was a really good show. I liked everything on the show. We'll talk about the Rock stuff because I was kind of for 99% of that like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this until the very last moment? So that's the, the big thing tonight. Also, someone that was there told me, hey, a piece of purple confetti just fell from the rafters. Does that mean anything? And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. We're getting a successful cash-in from Priest, and then he failed his cash-in. Sort of. Sort of failed his cash-in. So I don't know what that was all about. Maybe someone was just trolling, but I saw other people tweeting about it as well, that they saw confetti fall from the, the rafters, and it was purple confetti. So I don't know where that all came from or whatever, but yeah. That's really weird. But overall, I thought it was a good episode of Monday Night Raw. But you're not only going to hear what I thought of Raw. We got Luke over here. Luke, what did you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? And how's your New Year's going with almost 24 hours into the first day of the new year? Uh, my New Year's been pretty good. You know, last night, I hung out with some friends. It was e for me, it was either that or I had to be like a chauffeur driver for my parents. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I'll just hang out with my friends then. Right. Fun that way. And as far as Raw does go, I thought Raw was pretty good. I mean, I thought it was a very effective show, I would say. Some big questions to be answered after. And, yeah, I thought it was a really good day one episode of Raw. Like, it, like I will say for, like, day one, like, when they call it day one, it definitely felt like a bigger Raw, yes. which that was the intent that they were going, which I thought that they delivered that as well. And you said... You know, there's a lot of questions to be answered. I think I know what those questions are, and I'm going to say it right now. When we get to it, I'm going to do some slight fantasy booking. So we're going to we're gonna play some games here in a little while as well. But as far as all that goes, yeah, no, I thought it was a good Raw. Once we got to, like, the final hour, I looked down and I go, holy crap, this show is sped by. Like, those first two hours did not feel long at all. So that was another good thing that the show oh, the show had a really good pacing to it. I will say that for sure. But lots of stuff to talk about. And first off, we got to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Inc., iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and for the new year, right now, subscriptions, I believe, let me double check, I believe they're 25% off. Let me double check that. So if you subscribe on Twitch, bada boom, 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 yes, right now, Twitch subscriptions are 25% off for all subs and gifted subs until tomorrow. If you want to subscribe and su subscribe and support, tonight would be the day to do it because they are 25% off. So don't miss out on that. Also, remember to head over to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to know when we go live or post new videos. Hit that join button to become a channel member and 
Remember, you can always donate a super chat in the live chat to make sure your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Alan Wake 2, whether you're getting an older game like Hogwarts Legacy, or claiming the free game, which right now is Escape Academy, super fun game. If you don't have Game Pass and you haven't played it yet, highly recommend Escape Academy. It's so fun. It is free on Game Pass. But again, if you don't have an Xbox or Game Pass, get it on the Epic Game Store for free right now. I've played it on Game Pass, but I'm claiming it right now on the Epic Game Store with this code right here. PWUnlimited, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. Also, remember, if you need to get any bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, again, use this code right here. You'll be supporting us at no extra cost. I know John Cena reappeared in the shop today for Fortnite, so if you don't have John Cena yet in Fortnite, go get him and use our creator code. PW Unlimited only takes you a couple seconds to type it in and doesn't cost you anything extra. But with that, we've got Monday Night Raw that kicked off in a different way than normal. The show opens up and Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are already in the ring, which is weird. It threw me off. Excuse me. Threw me off. I'm like, what is this? So they're in the ring. They're talking on the mic, and they're basically just breaking down everything that we're going to get tonight that we already know about, for the most part. So they get on commentary. Out comes Becky Lynch, and then they play a video hyping up the Becky Lynch and um, Nia Jax storyline five years in the making. And then we go to the match that goes 11 minutes and 45 seconds. I thought, you know wasn't a bad match. It's exactly what you would have expected from a Becky Lynch Nia Jax match, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I'd say so. So the rest of for three or four minutes, then we go to commercial break. But here's what threw me off also. We come back from a break and it just sounds like Michael Cole and Wade Barrett never stopped talking on commentary and they're just like in the middle of stuff. It really felt like they weren't worried about the commercial break and just kept having a normal match, not with time cues for breaks. And it's like, oh, when they go to break, you don't really do too much because then when you come back, you do the big stuff. But this felt weird because, like, Becky was in the middle of, like, a sunset flip when we come back. Michael Cole's already yelling and screaming, and it's like, whoa, okay, is this something new we're doing with no Kevin Dunn? Because remember, Kevin Dunn's gone. Kevin Dunn retired as of last night. Midnight last night. And so, don't know what changes are going to be implemented. Don't even know who's taking his spot, but. I mean, if you had to predict who you think would take his spot. I have no clue because the person that would have, Michael Mansuri, has been with AEW for the last year. The person that everybody thought would take Kevin Dunn's spot when he retired was Michael Mansuri. And then he left and went to AEW. So, I haven't heard anything else on who they were grooming for that spot, who's been working right under learning from Kevin Dunn in the last year. So I don't know. I don't think it would be like any former wrestler or anybody we we know of, know of. It would probably just be a name in the production media team that we've never heard of, to be honest. But kudos to Kevin Dunn. He was there for like, according to Nick Khan, 40 plus years. He said that he joined Vince for the first WrestleMania. So Nick Khan's been there. Or 
not Nikon. Uh, Kevin Dunn was there since the first Mania, right before the first Mania, which is crazy to think. But as far as this match does go, again, like I said, we come back and Becky's in the middle of a sunset flip powerbomb. She then goes for a Molly go round and gets a two off of it. Jax went for a punch to the face outside the ring, but Lynch ducked and Jax punched the ring post. Jax almost missed a cannonball and crushed into the barricade. Lynch then followed this up with a diving leg drop for a two. Lynch applied a disarmor, but Jax rolled into the cover for a two. Lynch held on to the arm and applied an arm bar, but Jax hoisted her up and hit a sit-out powerbomb for a two. They battled on the ropes until Jax hit a, a Samoan drop off the middle ropes for another near fall. Lynch then got on the middle rope, jumped off the middle rope. Nia was like on the apron, getting back in the ring between the ropes, and then just punches Becky in the face. Becky takes a great bump from it. She's bleeding all around the mouth and chin. She lands perfectly in the corner. Nia does the annihilator and pins her one, two, three, and then gets booed heavily in her hometown. Like, they don't care she's the hometown girl. They hated that she beat Becky. So, I'm going to make a prediction here. Nia Rhea, Royal Rumble for the Women's World Championship. What do you think of the match, and where do you think Nia goes after beating Becky? I thought the match was pretty good, if I'm being completely honest. Mm -hmm. I, didn't think, I didn't think it was, like, great or anything, but it was a good match. But I, I was a little surprised that Nia won because I thought Becky would win because, like, you know, she's the baby face, and, like, she would get, like, her redemption after right. Nia punched her in the face a few years ago, because that's what a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought that Becky would beat Nia as like revenge and stuff, but surprisingly, Nia won. I'm I'm not against it. No, and I and I think we could definitely get Nia versus Rhea at the Royal Rumble. See, I, I Rhea needs an go for it. Rhea needs an opponent, so might not have be Nia. Yeah, I mean she's not going to win the belt, but no. So yeah. I, I thought Becky would win here. I'm going to just say it right now. Going into us, I'm like, oh, Becky's going to win, and then she's going to ride the momentum. But I don't hate Nia winning because then if Nia faces Rhea, Rhea's not going to lose to Nia. But Rhea beating Nia could be looked at as a big thing storyline-wise because Nia is the bigger, more powerful woman, and Rhea hasn't really faced anybody bigger than her yet. She's faced somebody basically her size in Raquel, She's never faced anybody bigger than her. So if she beats Rhea, that's a big deal. That's that's what I want to see. I wonder who's actually going to take the belt off Rhea because right now I don't think there's really anyone on the Raw women's roster like act, that's worthy I, right now. I don't want it, but something tells me maybe Becky at Mania. Oh, I I don't really want that. I mean, I I think Rhea win. I think Rhea should retain at mania then they can do the whole she had a at least at least year-long reign with the belt oh i would say at this point you got to give her that year-long reign you have to yeah because you're already like almost right there so just give her that year long then you can have her lose to like whoever you want maybe whether that's becky or i know some people said maybe jade cargill no i would not do that not at all. 
I would only do it if she actually starts out NXT first and actually does well there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind her eventually winning the belt, but she ain't the one to take that belt off of Rhea after this long run, no. So, as we move forward, Cody Rhodes comes out wearing his gear, ready to fight. And he didn't fight anybody. Rhodes comes out, great pop from the live crowd. He said it was. So wasn't Cody? Wasn't it supposed to be like Cody versus Shinsuke tonight? No, I, that's what I thought. So the last Raw we had, Cody and Shinsuke had a brawl, but they never told us that they were gonna fight. You know what I mean? They never said anything about them having a match. And so Cody comes out. And he wants to fight Shinsuke. He said it is a new year, and he's glad that he's the first person tonight on Raw Day One that can say welcome to Monday Night Raw. He said, usually with the new year, people look to what's going to come forward in 2024. What goals do you have going forward? And I thought, I literally, he said that. Everyone says what their goals are for the new year. I thought he was going to go, and you already know what mine are. It's finishing the story, but that's not what he said. He said, I'm going to admit, I'm still stuck in the past. I'm stuck on Shinsuke Nakamura. Rosen said that Nakamura was a force in the ring, but he was expecting something more sophisticated than the American Nightmare Before Christmas story. Rhodes was stuck on Nakamura because he should be over it, but they're not. He wanted to give Nakamura the opportunity to finish this tonight, and he invited him to the ring. And, well, he doesn't come to the ring. Nakamura appears on the screen. Nakamura said that he didn't think it was going to be that easy to get into Rhodes' head, and he looks forward to being there to end Cody's story. Rhodes' story does not end tonight because, well, he wants to give the American Nightmare one more week to keep dreaming. Nakamura will finish the story next week and put an end to his book. So then Michael Cole on commentary goes, well, it looks like Shinsuke Nakamura wants to make Cody Rhodes' dream a literal nightmare. And then they played Nakamura's music, which was kind of weird, but not even though he wasn't out there. So, yeah, they did announce later on in the show it will be next week, Cody and Nakamura, just in a straight-up match. No stip, no nothing like that, just Cody versus Nakamura. I know on the MSG show, they did do a bull rope match, but I don't expect them to do that on television. So, yeah, it was just there. This is kind of one of the more weaker things on the show, if I'm going to be honest. And I usually don't say that about anything with Cody. The vignette was good, though. The Shinsuke yeah. vignette was really good. So, earlier in the day, Fightful put out a post saying, hey, CM Punk's backstage, but we don't know if he's going to be on the show. Well, we then get a uh, announcement, I guess you could say, from Michael Cole. CM Punk will be on the show next week. So, even if CM Punk was there, he was not used. I don't know why he would have been there if he wasn't going to be used. But hey, whatever. Cool. So then we go. I mean, maybe you just wanted to be there to be there. Right. I guess. I don't know. It's just weird if he's on this limited schedule and you've got him at a show, why not use him? You know what I mean? Even if he's not been announced. So we move forward. I feel like we really have I feel like we even we haven't really seen much of him ever since he has returned. I want to say he's been on two or three Raws and one SmackDown, maybe, in the last month. And uh, and Roadblock, I'm pretty sure. 
Roadblock. What's Roadblock? Or the NXT? Oh NXT yeah, 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 Deadline. Oh, Deadline. That's right. I forget that because it was on the pre-show and they barely even um, they barely even like talked about it since it happened. It was like not the pre-show, but it was like right at the end of the pre-show, right at the beginning of the main, something like that. I don't remember. I watched that show late and was told that it was a nothing segment, so kind of skipped through most of the punk thing. So I don't really have much recollection of it. Anyways, next up we have Kofi Kingston and Jay Uso against Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Cole said that if Kofi Kingston enters this year's Royal Rumble, it will be his 16th time in the Royal Rumble, which is second all-time to Kane. I want to say, who? how many has Kane been in? Let's see. Royal Rumble. Most appearances in a Royal Rumble goes to Kane. I know that. How many Royal Rumbles? Let's see. Most Royal Rumble appearances. Kane's been in? No. This This can't be right. Hold on. This can't be right. Now it doesn't want to load Pro Fight DB. Um, this here right here. This might be it. Okay. Um, most appearances, most wins, longest time spent, most. Uh, come on, come on, Wikipedia. Just show me most consecutive. Most eliminations. Kane's record for most. Nope. Most con, con, uh, overall. Okay. Uh, Kane as either. Okay. Here we go. So Glenn Jacobs as either Kane, Fake Diesel, or Isaac Yankum has been in the Rumble 20 times. Right now, Kofi is tied for second with Dolph Ziggler at 15. So if he's in the Rumble this year, which I assume he will be, then he'll hit number 16. Got it. So a while till he still beats Kane's record. And then I think it was Wade said something along the lines of, what do you mean if he's going to be in the Rumble, Cole? You can't have a Royal Rumble without Kofi Kingston. I was like, that's true. That's very true. If he's active on the roster, Kofi's in the Rumble and doing something crazy. I wonder if Wade will actually be in the Rumble. I doubt it, but it'd be kind of cool. It would be cool, but yeah, I don't know. Give me, even if it's just for 10 seconds, William Regal. Uh, Someone in the YouTube chat said, which NXT names would we like to see in the Rumble? Trick. I can see Trick. I can see Tyler Bate. Because we're only probably going to get, if we get any, because I don't think we did last year. But if we get any, we'll no, probably. last year, in the men's, we did not. But in the women's, right. we did. We got Roxanne yeah. Perez and we got, got Indy Hartwell for the women's. Right. Yeah, because I was thinking the men's. We didn't in the men. But if we get, if we've, so in the past, we've only ever gotten like two. So it won't be Elia because after Charlotte won that one time and challenged Becky, we know that the winner challenge the NXT champion. The NXT champion is not going to be in the Rumble. Well, 
Well, last year, Roxanne Perez was the NXT Women's Champion. She yeah, you're right. You're right, and that didn't make sense to me. Well, it didn't, but... I'm looking at the it, NXT it roster may, real It fast. mainly says, like, the champions can, like, be in the Rumble. Right. Well, I mean, Brock did it as the champion. Charlotte did it, I believe. As the champion? Maybe. Yeah, she was the SmackDown Oh, yeah, champion. that's right. She was... I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the NXT roster here real fast. Um... I mean, trick, because just think of all those people in that building going, whoop, that trick, whoop, that trick. But then it would be a little bit of a letdown if Booker's not on commentary going, huh? Yeah, all right, man. So, like, it's it's going to... Maybe... Go for it. Maybe Carmelo Hayes or Braun Breaker. I, Carmelo Hayes, we see him on the main roster. Both of those makes a lot of sense, why yeah. Not? So why not put Melo? That's, and Melo is probably gonna go to the main on the main roster after Mania anyway. So why not? Braun's got to Braun, go up now too as well. So that's who I was thinking he does as well. Braun Breaker was one that I was thinking, but like I said, once Trick is on the main roster, and if the fans are still doing the whoop that Trick thing, and Booker's not there on commentary, it's gonna be so like, oh no, because that's the thing. It's like Trick comes out, they chant whoop that Trick, and then you got Booker on commentary. What? Uh-huh. All right, man. It's just it's just the whole part of the thing. It's like it's part of his entrance now that Booker is involved. I don't know. Do they move like when Trick Williams mm. does eventually go to the main roster, do they put Booker on there as well? No, because I think Booker and Vic have too good of a like working relationship. I think those two are so good together. Um, we need to check Twitter real fast. Hold on. People in the chat are saying Roman tweeted. Roman Reigns. Oh, pfft. really? The laughing, crying emoji. That's it. That's all it is. That's not worth anything. Swear to God, if all these dang wrestling websites start posting things going, Roman Reigns responds to The Rock. No, I'll put it up on the screen. This is nothing. Literally, this is all that Roman tweeted. That's it. Laughing, crying emoji. So if we see these websites going, Roman responds to the rock on Raw. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Bangs in the in the Twitch chat says they could always move around commentary. Well, yeah, they could, but it's like I don't see Graves getting moved to NXT. I don't see Michael Cole going to NXT. It's just I don't know who they would move. I just think it just won't be part of this thing anymore. Whatever happened to Percy Watson? I I know he was like NXT. Commentator oh. for a while for black and gold. He hasn't been around forever. He hasn't been around since, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, 2019. Like Triple H was in charge. Yeah, he was, he was commentary for them. Yeah, and was replaced like by he's... Beth Phoenix. It says, uh, according to the Wikipedia, it was reported that Watson would be departing WWE to pursue 
ventures outside of wrestling. He just didn't want to be in wrestling anymore, I guess. He was pretty good on commentary. I will say that. It was him, uh, Nigel McGuinness, and someone else. That he was, was that Mauro Mauro Ronaldo. Yeah, he he was known for the war game stuff yep. that he did. Wonder whatever happened to him. Who Mauro? Yeah. Oh, he does boxing commentary and some MMA stuff. As soon as he left WWE, he just went back to doing boxing stuff, which he was already doing while still in WWE. Like, he was, before they ended Showtime Boxing, he was the voice of Showtime Boxing, basically. And Bellator. He did a lot of Bellator. <coughs> I can't remember why he left, though. He was really good in WWE. He didn't like the environment. <coughs> I'm, pretty sure, Over. I'm pretty sure there was some heat that, like, Someone was like harassing him. And then, oh, like, JBL was. JBL was for yeah, sure. JBL. And JBL was like, a, would eventually apologize about it. Yeah, that, that was a whole thing in like 2021. So, we got Kobe Kingston and Jey Uso against Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, but the match only goes six minutes and 25 seconds because the match had to be abruptly ended. So, not much really to talk about. There are a lot of good back and forth. They felt like these two teams were working well together. And then there was a spot where Giovanni Vinci comes off the top rope with like a drop kick, I guess you could say, to Kofi. But then Kofi does a drop kick of his own and catches Vinci right in the jaw. Vinci goes down hard. Referee, I think it was um, Sean Bennett was the referee. Immediately looks over, jumps down, Checks on Vinci and calls off the match. He's just like, doctor, get over here now. And they take the cameras off of him. Doctors check on him at ringside. And then Jay and Kofi are like trying to celebrate, but they don't know if they should celebrate. Then eventually Samantha Irvin says, winner by referee stoppage, Kofi Kingston and Jay Uso. And then we see like they're not trying to show Vinci. Then we see him and Kaiser and the doctor walking behind them at ringside to go to the ramp and out. So he was able to walk out by himself, it looks. And from what we've heard since, it is said that he should, it, he's going to be okay. I assumed, and I'm just saying at the time, possibly concussion, but we don't know. We don't know. He got his ring bell rung. He got his bell rung, though, for sure. So much that the ref felt that he couldn't continue at that moment, that he wasn't responding properly, so... Hopefully he's okay and he's back next week. Um, they did show a replay, though, of him getting kicked by Kofi. So it's like, you know, it wasn't like that bad to where they didn't even want to show it again. So that was a good sign that they showed the replay. Because if it was bad, bad, like super bad, he wasn't responding properly concussion, they may not have even showed the replay. So we'll see. But he did legit get knocked a little loopy. So moving forward, there was a video package hyping up the recent success of all the house shows. They even showed Shotzi getting married in Vegas and then showing up to the house show in her wedding dress. So Shotzi's a pro. She goes and gets married and still makes her town, even though she got married in that town. She still makes her date. Anyways, that was cool. We got a video package hyping up Rhea Ripley versus Ivy Nile. We see her warming up at the Creed's. 
and Alpha Academy. Then we get Miz TV. Miz comes out, hypes up the crowd for a moment, and then introduces his guest for the night, Judgment Day. Judgment Day's music play. No Judgment Day come out, and then eventually our truth makes his way out. Truth gets in the ring and Miz goes, Hey, what are you doing here? Where's the rest of Judgment? Where, where's Judgment Day? And he looks around and he goes, I swear, they were just right behind me. And Miz is like, well, they're not anymore. Are you seeing invisible people again? And he, without missing a beat, wait, little Jimmy's here? I lost my shit when he said that. So, no Judgment Day. And then he goes, wait, 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 wait. They're not here yet. Maybe because I got to do the thing. I've always wanted to do this. All rise for the Judgment Day. And then no one comes out. No Judgment Day. So Miz is like, all right, take a seat. We'll just do this, you and me. He's like, so you're in Judgment Day? And Truth's like, of course. I beat JD last week. He goes, okay, well, what's your role in Judgment Day? He's like, oh, I do a lot of things. Counting. PR. You know, people don't like the Judgment Day. But I got to do what I can do to make them likable. Eventually, JD and Dominic do come out. JD said Truth was not doing PR for the Judgment Day and that they would not be caught dead on Miss TV. Dom spoke, and the crowd booed so loud. Truth noted that Dom was even getting booed in his hometown. And Miz was like, yeah, they don't even like you and you're from here. Truth then reminded JD, hey, remember, you lost last week, so I'm in Judgment Day and you're not. Dom tried to speak again, and they kept on booing. Miz is like, God dang. You're gonna you're you're right here in front of me. You have a microphone, and I can't still I still can't hear you even though they're booing because they're booing. And so the crowd starts chanting 619, and Dom tries to talk again. He tries to talk about his father. Oh no, Miz brings up his dad because he talks about how I, I saw you get slapped around by your father last year in 2023. Then I saw you get slapped around the country by CM Punk. And then eventually Dom got pissed. He goes, you know what? How about it's me and me, me and me and, and he can't really get it out because the crowd's so loud. It's like me and JD uh, against you two. And Miz accepts and he goes, yeah, we're going to reunite awesome truth against you two. And truth is like, what? I'm fighting the Miz? And Dom's like, no, you're teaming with the Miz. You're not part of Judgment Day. And Truth goes, okay, I'll just follow your lead, Dirty Dom. And so McDonough tries to cheap shot Truth. Truth decks him. Miz then clotheslines him out of the ring. And then we get a match that starts during the break. And he goes a little over seven and a half minutes. So before we get to the match, what do you think of all this R-Truth, Miz, Dom, and JD stuff? I thought I thought it was pretty funny, if I'm mm-hmm. being completely honest. And I, and I thought it was pretty cool that we got to see Awesome Truth reunite tonight. Wade Barrett said, we're back in 2011. I mean... Yeah, a lot, a lot of people kind of forgot about Awesome Truth, if I'm being completely honest. Awesome Truth fought The Rock and John Cena in a tag team match at Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, not that many people remember that, if I'm being completely honest. Excuse me, I cannot get rid of this dang cough. 
So as far as the matches go, like I said, it did start during the commercial break. And we come back, and Truth is on a random side of the ring. Not the Judgment Day side, but not the Miz side either. They said he's in the neutral corner because he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. He tries to tag into Miz at one point, and the referee's like, no, you need to get in your corner and hold the tag rope. So we get going for a good three or four minutes. Dom hits our truth with a 619 at one point. Pin's broken up when we go to a break. After the break, Truth tried to tag himself in by tagging JD. JD and Dom get pissed off and like, you're not part of Judgment Day. Big Dunn then held the Miz. And then they go, wait, you want to be loyal to Judgment Day? Then punch the Miz. He's like, all right, I'll do whatever you say. And he winds up, pulls back, goes to punch the Miz. Miz ducks and he punches JD. But I loved... Now, right before he goes to punch the Miz, he does the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 24 line. He goes, sorry, Miz, I love you. And then he goes to punch, but he misses. Miz ducks it. Truth punches JD. Miz follows up the skull crushing finale on JD and pins him to pick up the victory. Barrett com- uh, complained about Truth falling backwards into success. I thought that was funny. So, yeah. Fun comedy match. It was just, you know... The part of the show where you're just supposed to not really care, but be entertained. What'd you think? I liked it. I liked it too. I really did. Hopefully we get more of like awesome truth stuff. Be like cool. Line. I mean, Miz can't go. I got it. Miz can't go for the IC title anymore. So have him and truth challenge judgment day for the tag titles. Yeah, I think it would be a great idea. Have Awesome Truth versus the Judgment Day at the Royal Rumble. There you go. You get a video package of Caden Carter and Katana Chance celebrating their win as new tag team champions in a nightclub, per se. Chelsea Green, I will say, go for it. I thought this vignette reminded me so much of those like NXT vignettes. Yeah, exactly. You know, where they're at a public place and they like confronting each other, like. I thought it, this reminded me so much of those NXT ones. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear this was filmed at the PC. When they just used a bunch of performance center trainees as the extras, I would not be shocked at all. I'm pretty sure they all live in Orlando. I mean, so yeah, I'm sure that's what they do for a lot of their vignettes. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, when they ever, whenever they need like extras, they probably just use the oh, trainees. Yeah. yeah, especially for the NXT stuff. So Chelsea Green and Piper Niven show up, and Chelsea's like, uh, out of the way, we're VIP. VIP, they cross the rope, and they go to Carter and Chance, and they're like, what are you doing here? You're ruining our party. And Chelsea's like, you know, we want a shot at the titles again. And if Adam Pierce doesn't give it to us, we'll go over his head, and we'll go to SmackDown General Manager Nicholas Aldis. And Caden and Carter go, well, unlike you guys, we're fighting champions. At least we want to be. So if you want a rematch, okay, you could have a rematch. And Chelsea still wasn't, didn't seem super satisfied because, like, she had that look on her face like she didn't believe them. And then they splashed the drink in Chelsea's face, and they were taken away out of the nightclub. They then posed and danced with the belts. I mean, this was just, oh, I, I thought it was all right, but it wasn't bad. 
because it was effective for what we needed, and it was something different that we don't normally see on the main roster. So even though I didn't fully like like it a lot, I applaud them for airing something that was different than we're used to. So then we go to Rhea Ripley versus Ivy Nile. Match goes 13 minutes. And did you realize they said it? This is Ivy Nile's first singles match on the main roster. I didn't realize that. First singles match is a title match. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think that was her first singles match. Yeah, I, I know either. she had a tag match. She had a tag match where she teamed mm-hmm. with Maxine. Yeah, she, they said but... she was in a multi-woman tag match. And then she was in a battle royal. And that's literally all she's done on the main roster. So, I'm going to be honest. This is like one of those... Everyone knew who was going to win, and no one cared about the challenger AEW title matches. That's what it felt like. But a good match. Like, Ivy really showed why she deserves to be on the main roster. I like, they really made it. A lot of people kind of thought that this was going to be like a squash match where, like, everyone knew, like, oh, Rhea's not losing, so let's just hurry up and get this match out of the way type thing. But they really made Ivy, like, look good. In this match, yes. even though she didn't win. Also, Bang says, uh, Truth gives me Ed vibes from Good Burger. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I love Good Burger. Good Burger 2, not all that great. Good Burger 1, I'll watch that all the time every day. Good Burger 2, they just tried to recreate Good Burger 1 in 2023 and change it around a little bit. I Good Burger. Did you watch Good Burger 2? Have you seen Good Burger 1? Yes, I've, I've okay. seen... Good Burger won so many times. Yeah. I saw Good Burger 2. Good Burger 2 felt rushed, if I'm being completely honest. Yes, it did. And it just felt like they took the script from the first one and just, how can we change it just enough so it's not the same movie? Right. But yeah. Well, Good Burger 1, I'll watch that all the time. Both kids love it. I love it. It was a movie that I had on that orange VHS tape, hit and rewind, and watching... Two, three times in a row as a kid. I remember back in the day when Nickelodeon movies were on the orange VHS tape. I had so many of those early Nickelodeon movies like Harriet the Spy, the Rugrats movie, Good Burger, Clockstoppers. Well, Clockstoppers was kind of like more DVD era, but anyways, nostalgia. Trust me, I was a, a big Nickelodeon kid growing up, especially Rugrats. Like when I found out they made a Rugrats movie, as a eight-year-old kid, nine-year-old kid, I lost my ever-loving mind. I had the movie and the soundtrack on uh, CD. Anyways, so as far as this movie does go, Niles did gain or Niall did gain control early on, but Rio was in control after a break. We went to a break like two minutes in, so we come back and she's slamming Niall. Niall did get a uh, comeback with a German suplex outside the ring, and spiked Rhea with the DDT in the ring for a two. Ripley fought back with a headbutt and a missile dropkick for a two. Now countered a rip, Niall countered a riptide and hit a gut wrench slam for a two. They really put over how strong Ivy Nile is. Niall then yanked Ripley head first into the top turnbuckle at one point when they're fighting on the top. Rhea was trying to go for a superplex. Ivy slipped out. She pulls Nia's arm, 
Naya goes headfirst into the top buckle. She then tries to powerbomb Naya. Naya's holding on. She then jumps up and gives Naya this avalanche German suplex off the middle rope. Naya lands just hard on her head and neck. Naya, Naya then tries something off the ropes. Ripley caught her in midair with a great-looking headbutt. Falls up the riptide and pins her to pick up the victory. But again, like I said, like I said, Ivy looked great in this match, even though she did lose. And the crowd was really, I feel like, behind both women. And they even after the German suplex spot, got a this is awesome chant. What did you think? Oh, yeah. Really great match here. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It went longer than expected. Yeah, it went... With the break, about 13 minutes. No longer than that to me, though. So, match ends. And they tell us, after the break, the tease that we've been waiting for, that Triple H made over the weekend, a former WWE champion will be returning. We go to the break. We come back. And Samantha Irvin says, ladies and gentlemen, Please help me in welcoming the return of a former WWE champion. Everyone in that building gets on their feet. They're all pulling out their phones, ready to record. People think it's Andrade. Some people think it's The Rock. And out. I saw some people say, thinking it was Stone Cold. I didn't see that one, but I, I could see why people might think it. But then out comes the former WWE champion, Jinder Mahal. It wasn't fully a lie. He is a former WWE champion. His music hits, and you hear the crowd go, "Oh!" Like they were unimpressed. And well, like once Jinder got out, though, I think people, yes, people weren't impressed, but also people are like, "They're going to bring someone bi- much bigger out than him." Who's coming out to whoop him? Whoop him up? Beat him up? So Cole, yeah. Cole didn't even try to pretend and was like, "Well, Wade." Uh, the crowd's not happy with this one. Not who they were expecting. So, Jinder gets in the ring. And he starts just talking down to the crowd. He's like, I am a WWE superstar, but I'm also a former WWE champion. Hundreds of people have fought in this ring, but only 50 have been WWE champion. And I am at the top of that list. He said that he's actually disappointed to be here in the great country of the United States of America when America isn't even united. Mahal references Iron Sheik before ranting about social media and misinformation. Mahal then says, I'm going to say something in Punjabi. And then, well, the crowd boos. He goes, oh, see? You guys booed your own national anthem in Punjabi. He goes, I'm going to say something else about you guys in Punjabi. And he goes to start talking. He starts talking. And then we hear, if you smell what the rock is cooking and out comes the rock to a massive massive pop from the 11,000 people in the building even though miss said it was 20,000 earlier he was wrong it was only 11 the rock comes out right before the top of the hour crowds going wild they're chanting for the rock he gets up on the apron climbs up on the rope does the thing they pop again and the rocks in the ring with Jinder Mahal and he says, you know, you got one thing right. You're not the Iron Sheik. Rock paid respects to Sheiky before doing a Sheiky impression. He said, if Sheik was here, he would ask me who this no good son of a bitch jabroni was. 
Mahal brushed it off and called the fans, uh, I don't know what the word it was he used. I wrote it down as, I heard him say, like, jingonistic or something. I don't know what that is. Brock said he was proud to be the people's champion and proud to be an American. Because remember, he kept talking about America's not united and no one here is united and this and that and da 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 da. So when The Rock comes out, I thought Rock was going to start plugging his new football league, the United Football League, the UFL, that he officially announced yesterday and today. Anyways, Rock said. The XFL? Well, no, 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 no. So the XFL and the USFL have merged into one league to now create. The UFL, which has a XFL division and a US, USFL division. And then the winner of each division will face off for the championship. Just like the, the, the NFL has the AFC and the NFC. Well, they have the XFL and the USFL within the UFL, the United Football League. So, Fox said, they don't boo you because of how you look or because of how you speak. They boo you. Because, well, they don't like you. And they don't think you're funny. If you were like one of my movies, you'd probably be like Baywatch. Buck said, Mahal called America a joke. But it wasn't a joke. To him or the people. He said, freedom of speech protects you from the government. But not from The Rock. The Rock, uh, the Rock then told the crowd, we're going to play a little game here. When I point to you guys, you're going to say, day one. When I point to you guys, you're going to say, douchebag. Day one. Douchebag. Day one, douchebag. And he starts, and they say it, and they say it. He stops, and they still keep going. Day one, douchebag. Day one, douchebag. And he goes, okay, I guess we're going to let this go for a second. Finally, The Rock did the thing. And, yeah. They, they found a word that they didn't have to bleep the crowd, but also it's cable, so you're allowed to say a little more than on Fox. They then loudly went along, and The Rock sang a song about Mahal not having any balls. Rock then threatened to kick his candy ass, so Ginger attacked. But The Rock fought back, hit him with a spine buster, and as Michael Cole said, the most electrifying move in all of entertainment, not sports entertainment, but all of entertainment, people's elbow. Then, before leaving, The Rock goes, Hey, San Diego, I'm a little hungry, but I can't decide where I want to eat. Do I want to eat sitting in a booth? Do I want to eat sitting at a bar? Or do I want to eat at the head of the table? Crowd lost their ever-loving minds. And the Rock just leaves. But teased wanting to go after Roman. He teased wanting to prove who the real head of the table is. So for 99% of this segment, I said to myself, this means nothing. I'm kind of getting tired of The Rock coming in and doing nothing. Because if we were to think that this was just like when he was on SmackDown with Pat, it did nothing. But then at the end, when he said, we're at the head of the table, then I go, oh, we're cooking. We're cooking and something's going to happen. So it redeemed the whole segment there with the one line at the very end. Before I start fantasy booking and giving predictions, what do you think of this whole segment? I will say I was a little shocked that it was The Rock. I know when Jinder kept saying, like, like USA stuff, 
At first, I thought it was either going to be Kurt Angle or maybe Sergeant Slaughter. I thought there was a chance Hogan was going to come out to Real America. I'll just say that right now. A Real American. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like WWE kind of realized that fans just don't want Hogan. True. So, this morning, between 9.30 and 10 o'clock, The Rock was in Los Angeles, technically Pasadena, California, but in the greater Los Angeles area on college game day inside the Rose Bowl. Fans started going, oh my God, Rock's two hours away. Rock can show up on Raw tonight. And I sent out a tweet that said, just so you know, when he did this last time, he was only 30 minutes away. And the drive from Boulder to Denver is not that bad. But now he is over two hours away with no traffic. And so I don't know if he wants to make that drive, but I ended my tweet with anything's possible or anything can happen. Then, not long after, a video services from a social media video of The Rock with Joe Corso. And who's in the background? Nick Khan, who is supposed to be in San Diego at Raw like less than an hour after this video and photo surfaced. So, I don't know this for sure, but I assume Nick Khan had the company jet, and him and Rock probably flew from L.A., Pasadena, to San Diego instead of having to make that two-hour-plus drive. Because that's a... I know they're not going to be the ones driving. They're going to have somebody driving for them. That is a very boring, long, and just tedious drive. And I don't know how the traffic in L.A. was today with New Year's and, like, them in Pasadena trying to navigate. Because Pasadena, I know I've been there on New Year's Day, and that place is... Crazy because they have the Rose Bowl turn, uh, parade as well. So many streets are blocked off. Many highway, freeway exits are blocked off. But, yeah. So I don't think they drove. They probably had a plane or a helicopter or something that took them from the bowl, the Rose Bowl to the arena in San Diego or close to they can get or whatever. And, yeah. So they were there. And it kind of got ruined and teased when we saw Nick Khan was also there. And you also got to remember... Rock and Nick Khan have been friends since they were kids. Nick Khan's sister has worked with and for The Rock and his production company, so they're going to always be linked. <coughs> but now, if I can speak, stop dying. <coughs> I'm to fantasy book. So, everyone's saying... Oh my God, Cody just lost his opportunity. Cody's not going to get his Mania match. Well, what if Rock and, and Roman don't happen at WrestleMania? What if the Rock and Roman happens in front of forty-five to 50,000 people in Perth, Australia? Let's set the table here. It's the Royal Rumble. They're going. Final two. CM Punk, Cody Rhodes. Both, man want, both men want... Wants to make it to WrestleMania. Punk just to be in the main event. But Cody to win the world title. A la Punk ends up winning. This is, this is my fantasy booking. I say Punk ends up winning. Fans then think, oh my God, oh my God. Cody's story is over. He's not going to Mania to challenge Roman. Fast forward, Perth, Australia. Elimination Chamber, February 24th. You got Roman Reigns versus The Rock. There's been that story that the Australian Tourism Board wants The Rock on that show. Now, I see all the people going, 
Yeah, but it's a B-level show. Yeah, it's not WrestleMania. Yeah, we shouldn't do it there. That show is going to have forty-five to 50,000 people in attendance, if not more, and going to be treated like WrestleMania. Do they not treat the Saudi shows as big as WrestleMania? Yeah. So they're going to treat this show in Perth, Australia, like a WrestleMania for a couple of reasons. A, because of how many people are going to be there, but B, because they want to go back to Perth. And they want Perth and the Australian Tourism Board to pay them as much, if not more, money to go next time. And so if you treat this like a big show on the level of like a WrestleMania, then they're going to want to bring you back. They're going to want to pay you again to do a show there. So why not do Rock and Roman? But then the question goes, okay, Cody didn't win the Rumble. How does Cody get to Roman at Mania? So we're doing Elimination Chamber. And it's a SmackDown Elimination Chamber. But somebody gets injured. Somebody in this match can't compete. Nick Alderson says, I've found a substitution. And the substitution is his old buddy, Cody Rhodes. He somehow figures out how to get Raw's Cody Rhodes in the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match. Roman beats Rock. Cody wins the Chamber. And there you go. We set up Cody and Roman for WrestleMania. And that does a couple of things. A... It makes Roman now one of the biggest WWE superstars ever for beating The Rock. And B, it makes it that when Cody wins at WrestleMania, not only does he win the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Championship from Roman Reigns, but it is now a bigger deal because he beat Roman Reigns, who has that momentum of just beating The Rock. And then you can also book another storyline off of this as well. You can book the storyline of WWE management not being happy with Nick Aldis for using his power to help his friend, Cody Rhodes. Whether that leads to Nick Aldis getting fired as the GM and becoming a wrestler or just something else with Nick Aldis now having, you know, somebody watching over him to make sure he does the right thing next time, I don't know. But you got the Cody Roman thing there. You do Rock and... Roman in Elimination Chamber. Cody wins the Chamber. Boom, you go into WrestleMania, Cody Roman. You can also build a Nick Aldis story off of that as well. Where he, you could say, Nick abused his power to help Cody, who they have a history with, uh, together. So you could say, oh, you abused your power to help a friend when technically this was a SmackDown match. You put a Raw guy in there. Adam Pearce can then get mad and be like, hey, you didn't clear this with me. Cody's my guy, Cody's one of my guys, and you got to clear it with me if you want to use one of my guys. I don't know. They can do a whole thing. They can get two storylines out of this. But I say, because of how big this Perth Elimination Chamber show is going to be, with forty-five to 50-plus thousand people in attendance, I don't see it as a bad thing to do it there instead of WrestleMania. Just my thought. What do you think? Well- I like the idea, but also, like, you don't have to do, like, Roman versus Rock with, like, a world title being on the line. No. You can do it just as, like, a regular rivalry match. Like, let's say Roman loses the belt at Mania to Cody, and you need something for Roman to do for, like, SummerSlam. You could do Roman versus Rock at SummerSlam. I don't think they're waiting that long. I don't think they're teasing it now in January. He'll wait till August. That's just my my feeling. They're not going to wait in eight months from the first tease. 
That's just how I see it. But if they still want to do it like on a big show, because like SummerSlam is like to a lot of people is like the secondary show True. behind Mania. True. But like I said, with how many people are going to be at that show in Australia, they're going to treat that on the level of a Royal Rumble, a SummerSlam, or even a WrestleMania. I don't see that. They're going to treat that like an A-level show, not a B-level show. That's people. That's what people kept tweeting me. It's a B-level show. They're not going to do it there. So, the Elimination Chamber is a pretty important show. It has been since it's got WrestleMania implications. So we'll right. see how that all goes. But The Rock showed up. Rock's going to face Roman. But here's the thing. In 2023, they never on television teased The Rock versus Roman. But according to The Rock, this time last year, they thought the match was set. They thought the match was happening. They thought WrestleMania 39 was Rock Roman, and then it all fell through. But at this time last year, they were all but signed to do the match. So I say we got to wait and see because I think it's farther along than it was at this point last year because they teased it on television to the point where Michael Cole even went on afterwards and goes, oh my God, did you catch what he said, Wade? He just basically said he wants to be the head of the table and may have called out Roman Reigns. So with him saying that and then having Michael Cole Make sure we know what he said and what he meant. There's something cooking and something in the works, possibly, very soon. Elimination Chamber is February 24th. Roman is facing either LA Knight, AJ Styles, or Randy Orton at Royal Rumble. And then they can build. Maybe he wins at Royal Rumble. Well, not maybe. He's gonna, no matter who he's against. And maybe The Rock shows up there. Or maybe The Rock shows up on the SmackDown. Let me see something. Uh, let me look at the WWE schedule for SmackDowns over the next month or so. It's really hard to predict when Rock will be back because right. of how busy he normally is. And the weird thing, here's the thing. WrestleMania is April 7th and 6th and 7th. The Rock's USFL or UFL, their first match is March 30th. So, like, it's a week before their first games. They start their season March 30th. So, it's like, it's a week before. The Rock's going to be busy with that. Mania, you know, he doesn't have anything around February 24th that we know of. He's more free around Elimination Chamber than he is around WrestleMania time. That's just another thing that I've been thinking. But if we look forward on, like, SmackDown's going forward... Uh, SmackDown. Oh, SmackDown's in Canada this week. I didn't even know that. Vancouver, British Columbia. Then they're going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. Then they're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia on the 19th. Night before the Rumble, they're going to be in Miami. Going to be in Miami. Not got a house in Miami. Then they'll be in Birmingham, Alabama. Charlotte, North Kekalecki. Salt Lake City. Glendale, Arizona, Dallas, Texas. So before, let me see. Before um, Elimination Chamber, they're going to be a double taping. February 16th, Salt Lake City. There's going to be a double taping. 
of um SmackDown. So that should be interesting that they're not going to do it there. If they're going to set up Rock, it's got to be before February 16th. If they're going to set up Rock and Roman, excuse me, for Elimination Chamber. Because, well, no, it could be on February 16th and on that live SmackDown. But they're not going to do it on that, that taped show. They're not going to tape The Rock's appearance or The Rock's challenge. So I say he shows up sometime in February, either the 2nd, the 9th, or the 16th. So either Birmingham, Charlotte, or Salt Lake City. But that's just speculation and wild fantasy booking. God dang. I'm dying. You good? No. Your face was like turning really red. Oh, I know. I could feel it. My face is getting warm from all the coughing. I'm dying. Anyways, moving forward. <laughs> Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark against Natalia, Tiganox in a five and a half minute match. Basically, this match was, and no offense to the women in it, this was the match to calm the crowd back down before we got the world title match in the main event. Just going to say it. So, the match starts off, and they're going at it, and we go to a break like a minute in. We come back, Knox was running wild on Baszler, but then Baszler eventually cut her off and kicked her in the head. Baszler hit the German suplex, and Starks followed with the Z360 to pick up the win. To be honest, was Natty even in this match? Because I got no notes and wrote nothing down on Natty even being in the match. I didn't even notice Natty do anything in this five-minute match, five-and-a-half-minute match. Did you? Mm, I think she did some, like, outside stuff, but I didn't really notice her in the ring. All I saw was Natty give her glasses to a girl at ringside before the match started. Other than that, I couldn't have... Honestly, I would have told you I thought this was a goddamn handicap match. Because I don't... I've got no notes and no recollection of anything Natty did. That's not good. Worst thing on the show. No, it's not. Gonna be honest. We got a couple things announced for next week's show in Portland, Oregon. Cody Rhodes will be taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. Women's tag team titles will be on the line when Caden Carter and Katana Chance take on and defend against Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. Also, M. Punk will appear. So they're talking about this upcoming main event, and they said that at a house show recently, Drew McIntyre had to get some stitches. They showed a picture of the stitches, and they said there was like 16 stitches that he had to get in the top of his head, but McIntyre was unconcerned by the quote-unquote injury. We go to our main event. It went 18 minutes. I thought this was a great match. I thought this was a hell of a main event. I think this was better than their last match, to be honest. So, McIntyre early on tries to reverse Alabama slam under the steps, but Rollins used the ring skirt and ropes as leverage to escape. Rollins tried to suicide dive, but McIntyre caught him and suplexed him ahead of an early break. 
If I'm not coughing, I'm burping from the Gatorade. But it's it's when I talk too much and my voice, my throat starts to dry up. It's when the cough really comes on. Like if I'm sitting here just watching TV for two hours, I barely cough. It's when I start having to speak. There's like something in my throat that's scratching my my vocal cords. I think I don't know. McIntyre maintained control and hit a backbreaker for a two. Colin Rollins. Uh, Cole said Rollins' bad back will be the story for the rest of his career. Rollins tried a buckle bomb, but he collapsed. Rollins did manage to fight back moments later with a flip dive, DDT, and a frog splash for a two. Rollins then hit a superplex, but before he can transition into the Falcon Arrow, McIntyre hit a Falcon Arrow of his own for a two. I love that spot. I thought that was really cool. After a commercial break, McIntyre hit the white noise off the middle rope for a two. Rollins got the better of the striking exchange, but McIntyre avoided his stomp and hit a future shock DDT. Rollins countered a Claymore kick into a sit-out powerbomb and got a two off of it. McIntyre missed the Claymore kick and again hit the pedigree for a two. Out would then come Damian Priest, Dom, and a referee. Priest wanted to cash in his money in the bank. The referee runs around with Dom to the side of the ring where the announcer is which then distracts the referee in the match. Priest then hits Rollins with the briefcase and knocks him out. Priest goes, hey, I want to cash in, and then boom, Claymore by Drew McIntyre right in the face. Cash in never takes place. McIntyre jumps in the ring, jumps on Seth, but then grabs Seth and pulls him over for the pin, but pulls him too far to where he himself Placed Seth Rollins' foot on the top rope, or on the bottom rope. The ref sees it and only counts a two. Which, this is a fantastic spot that I've only ever seen once before. I believe it was with Seth and, at the time, Neville, the former pack. Or the current pack, the former Neville. I think they did this spot once before. They did. It was like... When Seth was like authority Seth and he was the world champion, he did he did an open challenge mm-hmm. for the world title. Yep. Trying to imitate like Cena's US open challenge. And then Neville accepted it. People thought Neville was gonna win the belt, but then Seth had that rope break. Yep. By the way, this was so well done, so perfectly done. McTar pissed off here, clears the announce table, tries to put Rollins through it, but Rollins fights back. Hits pedigree on the table, which didn't break. Rollins then hit a curb stomp in the ring and pinned Drew to pick up the victory and retain the World Heavyweight Championship. So, the show is over, basically. There's less than a minute left. Rollins is in the ring, posing and laughing. McIntyre is on the bottom of the apron, or the bottom of the ramp, laying up against the barricade, just pissed off at himself. And then Dom and Priest or over by the announcer's area, the timekeeper's area, just pissed off that their cash-in didn't happen. So, yeah. We'll see where it goes. They still... Here's the question. Go for it. What? Who's, who's going to be Seth's opponent at Royal Rumble? Because I have no clue. Dirty Dom. I don't know. He's going to say, Hey, Dom! You want to come and get involved in my match? Well, how about we have a match? 
Hardest working man in WWE. Hardest working man in WWE. Dirt Dom Mysterio. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't want that. No. No. Hey, Dom worked what, Cody. Like, yeah, but I don't think. I think it's too early to give Dom a world title shot, though. But hey, hey, think about this. It doesn't matter if it's a world title shot. Dom's never going to win it. But now it's the opposite of their last match. Dom is now the heel, and Seth is now the babyface. Going all the way back to Dom's first ever match. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, shoot first ever match. Not just first ever WWE match. First ever match ever. But anyways, yeah. That was Raw. Very eventful episode of Raw. Very fun episode of Raw. And a Raw that did not, and I've said this before, but this one really did not feel like three hours. This show it did. It felt- flew by. It felt like a SmackDown, to be honest. Yeah, it really did. But with that, you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's show as I refresh all these polls. Or as the Twitter X poll does go. 90, who boy, 92% liked the show. 8% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitch poll, 100%. Everybody that voted liked the show. Looking over at the YouTube community poll, 79% liked the show, 15% thought it was just all right, and 6% didn't like it. Some of the comments here, uh, pretty good, 7 out of 10. Where said The Rock teased the match against Roman. Where it says, I liked it, the People's Champ returned tonight. And this person says, boring, no CM Punk. Well, they never told you Punk was going to be on the show anyway, so yeah, that's on you. And then the YouTube live poll. 84% liked the show. 13% thought it was just all right. And 2% didn't like Raw. But that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PeteWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at Young Grasshopper Luke. With that, guys, I'm going to be live on Twitch in just a little bit. Go over there. We're going to play some. So I'm going to play a brand new game that I got. It's called, I'll tell you right now. It's a fun game that I shout out was given a code by the developers and the publishers to play on stream. It's called Run Pizza Run. It's like a new age version of Frogger. Very cool. Haven't played it yet, though. So we're going to play that on stream. And then eventually transition into doing some Fortnite. So head over to uh, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy in just a little bit as we'll be playing some games over there as well. But with that, guys, have a great night. See you back here Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Have a good one. Happy New Year's.